Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 376, continuing on with our writer series. Uh, I'm pleased to have on the podcast today, Aaron Bossig. Aaron and I have uh, chatted before, and I'm excited for him to share with you some projects that he's working on. So Aaron, how are you today? I am doing fantastic, buddy. How have you been? Uh, doing great. You and I have been connected for a little while. I, I've been uh, uh, interested in your work and we've chatted a few times. And uh, I'd love for you to share before we begin with our listeners, introduce yourself, like who you are, what you do and uh, where you're located. Okay. Well, my name is Aaron Bostig. I'm located out of Norman, Oklahoma. Okay. I run a podcast called Hungry Trilobite, which I hope you've heard of, but if not, feel free to look me up because my buddy John here has been on there before. And I like to get into why we do what we do and why fandom moves us to take different paths in our lives. Yeah, it's a great podcast and we'll have it linked in the write-up. But Aaron, today I'm excited to talk to you about your writing because I know that you're working on a couple of projects. So share with our listeners what you're working on right now. Well, I am working on a novel that is a, well, I got the idea after realizing how much I didn't like Captain Planet. Okay. The, uh, the Captain Planet, remind me, that was the animated show back in the 90s? It was an animated show back in the 90s. It was really big when the whole environmental movement really right. got its footing. And us kids really got into it because it's yeah. like we wanted to save the world. Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing that, you know, it was not that great of a show. I didn't really care for it because here's the thing. These kids are you know, the five planeteers who all have these special rings that give them powers. And they wait until halfway through the episode when they call Captain Planet, mm -hmm. who's like the world's worst superhero, because the only thing he does is come into every episode and get his rear end royally handed to him. Okay. He almost never actually accomplishes anything. And I, this starts to frustrate me. So I realized, why is, what's this about? And I started to get this idea for a story about these kids that are in a similar situation, but maybe with a 21st century outlook. Oh, interesting. So is, is this been with you for a while? Because Captain yes. Planet, I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't a show that I ever watched, but I remember the commercials. I remember all the buzz about it before it came out. In fact, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, uh, just a little bit of pop culture trivia. Wasn't there supposed to be a huge star-studded voice cast for that show? I seem to remember... Uh, I seem to remember that at one point, wasn't Tom Cruise supposed to be involved in the show? And then I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I seem to. That's the only thing I seem to remember about Captain Planet. But that was uh, we're talking back in the 90s. So has it was this an idea that's been with you since then? Or is this an idea no. that that came to you recently? This came to me a few years ago, um, again, because I've always kind of joked about how I was one of the kids who just really wasn't a big fan. I thought the mm -hmm. toys were kind of cute, <laughs> but it, the, the show was always one of those things that was on in between other shows I wanted to watch. Right, right. So it, I would pick up on it. And then I kind of started realizing, looking back on it, it's like, well, we all still want to save the planet. But what that means as an adult is, is a little different. So I got this idea for a, a not a dark and gritty version because we're all tired of dark and gritty by this mm -hmm. point, but just maybe a more well-rounded approach to it of some people who get stuck in a room and they, they don't know how to, you know, basically it's like, what if Captain Planet met the breakfast club? Oh, wow. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, I love the byline. And, and I always, I always feel like if you can encapsulate your novel or your book 
in what would fit into one line on the old Twitter where it was only 120 characters, then mm-hmm. you have you have a pretty good you know, you've got a pretty good hook there. And that's a great, that's a great byline for, for the book. So uh, where did this start? Where did the idea of I'm going to write this book come from? When did it, when did it come to you? Uh, just, it was math. It was the point at which I suddenly realized that there was this movie that I really liked and this TV show that I didn't. And they both basically had five characters. And then suddenly you start to make these connections and the possibilities. And I was like, okay, I could, I could see this. Yeah. And now we have the, the joke is that, you know, in the breakfast club, it would never happen today because those kids would have just had cell phones and played around on that. And, and there are ways I get around that to the oh. idea of what if this took place in 2022? Oh, I love it. I, I love the, the, the fact that you're already thinking about the, uh, the environment and the time that you're writing. in. so where did you, where did this begin? Obviously it started as an idea mm-hmm. and an inspiration from two seemingly very different sources that you're, you're putting together. So uh, how do you start something like this? You start by, I've heard some people give the advice that if the idea itself sparks your interest, the story tends to follow. Mm-hmm. So I just realized that I like the idea of Captain Planet. I thought it was fun as a kid. I just didn't like the show. I didn't like the way it worked out. I thought that the messages were very heavy handed and I, then I started to realize, okay, why not? Why not go for something else? Why not make the show that you want? Because that's what people are always telling you to do is to write the story that you want. If I like the idea, I could make the story. And mine doesn't even really involve a superhero per se. Right. It just becomes the idea of if, if the idea is that we have the power to do that in a world where we feel so helpless, how do we get from here to there? Okay. And then from there, what is your writing process like? Share with our listeners, where do you begin? Do you outline your story? Do you develop the character bios? What's your process for, for taking your idea and putting it down on the page? Well, I wake up really early in the morning. I drink a whole pot of coffee. <laughs> I write gibberish onto a notepad as best I can while I'm taking phone calls the and old school notepad. We're talking like yes. pen and paper. I love it because my hand works faster than my brain can. The stuff that I think works, I start to compile into actual digital notes. I start to make word documents and I'm a big fan of free writing. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of when something is just here at the front of your brain, you just get it out on the page and let it be because I, me personally, I can't do anything else until that's on the page. Okay. So even if it's not what I'm working on right now, I will put it down there and then get back to it. And how long have you been working uh, on this novel? Off and on about two years. Oh, that's great. And And I say off and on because stuff has come up in the meantime, which has to take higher priority, but that's okay. Yeah. And obviously you have a life outside of your writing. And that's one of the things that I want our listeners to really understand is that writing isn't a separate thing from your life. It's something that you can integrate into your life. So you get up early in the morning. What time is early for you? Uh, four is what I consider early. A normal day for me is like six to seven. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I, and it, I, I've recently gotten on the 4 a.m. bandwagon, as I've talked about on, on the show. But I, I find that it's, it's wonderful. As painful as it is, it's wonderful in terms of what you can actually get done. It is. And uh, again, just other obligations in life that have to take priority. So I, I'm a big fan of fitting creativity into the margins of your life. 
Yeah, absolutely. Finding, I love that actually uh, fitting the the process and the creativity into the margin. So, uh, do you have a set number of days that you write per week? Do you do you have goals? Uh, I mean, walk us through what what does a, a typical day for you look like in terms of your writing in a typical week? I will not admit to having any sort of sort sketch schedule. I realize that's not the best practice. It's reality. Yeah. I, I find times I try to commit to having a couple hours set aside throughout the week where I can get stuff, but it's scheduled. Um, and I anticipate time when I'll have a lot of time. I anticipate times when I won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times if I know I will be sitting at the car dealership or at the doctor's office, yeah, that's an opportunity to get a little bit extra in there that I wouldn't expect. I have done more than my fair share of creativity sitting at Sonic with some cheese fries in my lap. <laughs> that's great. Uh, John Grisham, I, who I, I'd mentioned on this series, I listened to an NPR interview with him. He did the same thing during his early days practicing law, where he had the, this idea for his first novel. He would just write in between sessions at court, literally sitting outside on a bench, scratching things down on a notepad, just incrementally. I love what you're sharing. You're you're basically using that process, finding those margins. So, Aaron, I want to ask you. Let's go back a little bit maybe back to those Captain Planet days, well, uh, the show that you weren't quite a fan of, but were watching. Did you always want to write a novel? Was, was this something that y- you had an aspiration or a dream to do? Sort of. Um, I always liked the idea of telling stories. I liked the idea of making stories. So the idea of putting a novel together was always also something that was very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this didn't have to be a novel. It might not end up being a novel. Okay. I, I could always branch it off into a screenplay or a comic series if I decide that's just the way it goes. But right now, I think it takes that form and I think it's very amicable toward it. That's awesome. And in fact, I wanted to ask you that next. What was the decision process in going with the novel format as opposed to, say, a screenplay or a short story or even a graphic novel? The end game. Um, I'm a big fan. I, I've learned how to set things up, set up creative projects so that I can see them through. Mm-hmm. I've I found ways around the, 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 the pit of starting things and not stopping them. And that is to know where I'm ending. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do this as a graphic novel, I would have to get somebody who can draw to make that happen. I would have to look into art. I'd have to look into that, which I don't really want to do right yeah. now. A screenplay has a very similar but bigger problem in that I have to now find actors. I have to find a director. I have to. There are things that at the end of that that I just don't want to mess with for this story. Right. But a book, I get the text down. I make sure it looks good. I hit publish. I walk away. (laughs) I love it. I And I think that's really key, too, is not just having the idea, not just having the inspiration, but looking towards the end game. So. I, that's a great way to look at it. So Aaron, let's talk about the work in progress. During the, the last two years or recently, have you hit any roadblocks or challenges? I mean, everyone, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes uh, you might feel like, ah, I, I just can't write or, uh, uh, you know, doubts uh, sometimes creep into our heads. Did you ever hit any of those? And, and how did you deal with them? I have had few. Uh, one being just time management, mm. because like I said, I'm fitting this into the margins. I, I have some great uh, 
heroes and, 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 and people I've used as, as creative role models who always recommend having that time set aside during the week and, and, and keeping yourself to a certain word count. And I would love to adhere to that. It's not reality. Yeah. Not for me, not right now. And that's okay. Yeah. But it's like, I, if I focused on that, I would feel so bad. I wouldn't get anything done. Right. No, I, I like that. I like being, the reality is we would all love to have the, the perfect slotted time and the, the word count and the goals. It doesn't always work that way. So talk about, you know, for someone who may be listening to this, who may be in a similar situation, maybe they don't have the luxury of, you know, doing something very structured. What advice do you have for them to get over the hurdle of time management, which I think is a big hurdle for everyone? It is a big hurdle. I would focus almost entirely on improvement, on process, on being able to say that there's more this week than there was last week. Mm -hmm. It's ideal to be able to say there's more today than there was yesterday. But if you can at least go on a week to week basis, mm -hmm. you're not that bad off. Yeah. And I, do you, the, yeah, go ahead, please. I was gonna say the, the ideal is to move to a place where you can schedule that time and be regularly productive, push yourself in that direction. But don't, if that's not where you are today, that's okay. Yeah. And in terms of your end game, do you have um, a deadline for yourself? Are you leaving that open-ended? How, you know, what is keeping you on track to make sure that not only you're making progress, but that you're working towards completing uh, the novel? I, I can't get into specifics at the moment, sure. but a really cool project fell into my lap right before Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. And I would love to baby that thing and make that be an absolute masterpiece. And I can't do that while I have other things on my plate. Okay. Now, see, I'm, I'm talking to you about this project right now. I'm giving you all the dirty details. So that means I want this to be out in the world. I want the people listening to it to have access to it. And that's not going to happen if I don't finish it. Okay. But you're holding me accountable. Okay, great. And uh, I'd love to have you back uh, maybe at some point where you're able to share more, but that, that's pretty exciting and congratulations. <clears throat> what resources or what people have been helpful to you during this process? I'm going to think of exactly three names. One being Mer Lafferty, who has a podcast called I Should Be Writing and something mm -hmm. I've been listening to for almost as long as it's been around, which is like about 15 years at this point. She was a wow. very early podcaster, a pioneer. On my Mount Rushmore of podcasters, I put her on there. That's great. Another being an actress from Mystery Science Theater 3000 called Mary Jo Peel, mm -hmm. uh, who gave me a lot of encouragement when I was just getting started out. And that meant something to me because when she was doing that, I was at a very low point, both creatively and socially. Okay. Uh, that was just one of those things that she was just in the right place at the right time to say the right thing. Yeah. And the third would be Jackie Ray Naaman Jones, who is uh, the little girl in Manos, the Hands of Fate. Okay. One of those people that has what a perspective on life that's so skewed in all the right ways that when it, creativity for her is just her lifeblood. Yeah. I appreciate anybody who can make me feel like the normal one in the room. And that's her. <laughs> well, that's great. I love that. Great sources uh, that you're sharing. I want to ask you as a fellow podcaster, have you found that podcasting has contributed to your overall creative process as a writer? Yes. 
I think is a huge overlap between podcasting and creativity because by stepping up to the mic and making something, you're already creating something mm -hmm. just by virtue of hitting record and sending it out into the world. So then it's easier for you to say, I, if I can do this, what else can I do? It's yes. so easy to say you can't do something when you're not doing anything else. Once you do something right, everything else seems to follow. Yeah, oh, no, that's great advice. And, and I love, I mean, so Aaron, let's get back to time management. I mean, obviously you're, you're continuing with your writing. You've got this, this project that uh, you seem pretty stoked about. You've got a podcast. Obviously, you've got a, a life beyond those things. So what, what keeps you, what keeps you balanced? How do you find time for things? How do you stay sane? All of that good stuff. I mean, what, what's, what's your secret? Having a sense of humor about it. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, you have to acknowledge that you're not going to be perfect. Yeah. Things are going to slip through the cracks and you got to just laugh that off a little bit, acknowledging that it still has to be done, acknowledging that you can't not do stuff, but when something misses, you're like, okay, that's going to have to be next week. Maybe I need to stop putting in so many extra hours. Maybe I need to reevaluate my priorities. Yeah. I think that's, that's great advice. Part of the, the purpose of this mini series is that people who are interested in writing, it's one of many people's big bucket goals or life goals. So what's your advice to someone listening to this who may be thinking about starting that book or maybe have, have a kernel of an idea and, and they want to make it a priority? What would you say to that person? The scariest thing is going to be looking at that blank piece of paper <laughs> or the blank screen, whichever your preferred method is, and you've got nothing. And the second you get a word on there, everything changes. Yeah, You start to say, I can build that. I can add to that. I can change that. It needs to be more. It needs to be less. It's that psychological move of going from absolutely nothing to something. Yeah. I, I think that's really key. And actually something you, you hit on earlier that I want you to maybe go into a little more is I love how you shared that when you're writing things down, sometimes you just want to get the ideas out. It's not about getting it polished or perfect. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that is a hang up that a lot of people have when they're writing is that they, they try to edit as they're writing, mm -hmm. which I think can be a big trap. So talk a little bit about that and maybe why or why shouldn't someone do that? Don't, just flat out don't. And I will say that because although I just acknowledge that I'm ignoring a lot of the best advice I get when it comes to time management, purely out of necessity, there's not really a need to ignore the advice to not do that. And mm -hmm. anybody who writes from the biggest published authors to somebody who just managed to crank out something in their local newsletters or whatever. If you edit while you write, you never get the idea out. You never get to the flow. Yeah. You never get to the point where your brain is just putting out creative ideas because you're worried about, should it be a comma or a semicolon? Or <laughs> what's that word for that color that, that don't do that? Don't do that because you've got to get to the point where you can just start putting words on the page and get back to it later. Yeah. And when you're writing down uh, during those pockets of time, are you, I mean, I, I, I think there are times where you don't even need to write complete sentences. You could, you could have bullet notes, you could have fragments, as long as you're getting those ideas down. Would you agree with that? I would very much so. Yeah. And then, and then later you can go back, you can, you can, you know, 
play around with those thoughts. You can articulate them a little more. I, I love that you're sharing that on today's episode. Uh, Aaron, do you have a title yet? And if you do, is it something you can share at this point? Or is it something that you want to maybe uh, leave a little mystery to until a, until a later time? I'd like to say I was going to leave a little mystery to it. The more honest way of saying I have no flipping clue. Okay. From, yeah, I, I'm a firm I, believer in that titles present themselves when they need to. Yeah. So I don't really spend any time worrying about it until I've got everything done and I literally just need to put something on the file name. Yeah. And in fact, th this is a question that I have not yet had a chance to ask any of the authors I've interviewed is when do you come up with the title and you're sharing, I think one way of doing this is that you don't have to have the title before you begin, that the title may come to you or manifest itself as you're working on it, or even once you're finished. So that's great. Do you have titles? And, and again, you don't have to share if, if you're not ready to, but do you have titles that are starting to gel in your head? Or is that something you're just not even going to worry about right now? I I've played with words here and there, but the actual file in my desktop on my computer says the Captain Planet story. And I'm okay, okay. with that. <laughs> Which is unofficial working title. That's great. Well, Aaron, where can our listeners find you and how can they connect with you? You can find my website, aaronbostic.com. You can also check my podcast, Hungry Trilobite, Byte spelled B-Y-T-E on any podcasting platform you can think of, as well as YouTube. Awesome. And uh, moving forward, listeners, we'll have that all in the write-up. This is episode 376. As with the authors who are agreeing to be interviewed on video, the video will air the Wednesday before the air dates, the episodes, the audio episodes will release on Thursday. Aaron, I want to thank you for taking the time out to join me to talk about writing, to share a little insight into your process and all the exciting stuff you have going on. It's been great catching up with you, buddy. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And moving forward, listeners, once again, this is episode 376. You can catch the full write-up at bemovingforward.com. I'll be back next week and we'll, as we continue the series. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.